Hello and welcome to the Inverted Castle podcast. I'm a balloon with psychic powers, Thomas Blight, with my co-host, Eric Fox. I've got two brain cells to rub together and both of them are broken. <laughs> and we're talking about Brain Breaker, a game from 1985 developed by a man named Hiroshi Ishikawa and published by Enix. Or Enix? I never know how to say that. Me neither, and by the time they were part of Square, I stopped caring. But yeah, this game was developed by one dude way back in the day. In the day when that was a reasonable thing to do. Yeah, and this game is for the Z1 Sharp. The Sharp X1, I believe. Oh, sorry, yes. The yeah, Sharp not the ZX X1. Spectrum yeah. or the, like, all of these old PCs kind of run together. But yeah, specifically the Sharp X1 and specifically the Sharp X1 Turbo. Yeah, uh, this is important for later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess we could sidebar on our fun getting this emulated first. I think we should want. probably start with the adventure of even running an old ass game for an old ass Japanese only PC, which starts with the mystery of the disappearing translation file. Yeah. So I had heard that there was an English translation available. And that's why I chose this game. I was like, oh, hey, this is a game that's early on the list that I heard there was a translation for it. Great. I'll go get that translation. Bromhacking.net removed it? Those bastards. Not for, like, any nefariousness reason. They just said that it's not in their purview. I couldn't actually find anything that said what was or was not in their purview. So for some reason, they just decided, hey, this old PC game should not be translated. Yeah, the official story is it's, oh, it's out of scope, but we know the truth. We've played the game. But yeah, I think just the amount of old PCs is just out of scope for them. They prefer consoles or something. I guess. It's hard to say. But yeah, this is the game romhacking.net tried to keep from you. <laughs> yeah, so that led to actually having to go and find the users on the romhacking.net forums who translated it, which it was translated by someone going by Longsun underscore Zhao, and the patch was created by someone named Lena. Uh, those are both on the romhacking.net forums. Yeah, Shoutouts to them. Who thankfully had a link, like a copy of it still and provided it to me. So thank you. Oh, yeah. The heroes doing the, their due diligence to preserve this piece of uh, gaming history. Yeah. The next challenge that I did not expect because like we had gone to like the MSX and that was fine is that there's not like one emulator that solves all of the problems with this with emulating the x1 no okay so this is this is kind of where i was like getting deep in the weeds because the most recent x1 emulator throws up a virus detection on just chrome not even like antivirus software chrome was like you can't download this unless you change some settings and really mean it which i even went ahead and did I'm like I, I i know how things work i'm a Okay, I'm not smart, but I am stupid, so this actually probably fits right in. But that emulator just would not load, or at the very least would not load the game. 
And so we start going further back, like, oh, MAME says it can emulate the Sharp X1, but it would never, ever detect the translated game. And so suddenly, here I am, the Millennium X1 emulator has not been updated in about 20 years, and that one doesn't quite work. There's this HardcoreGaming101.net has an article about this game. It actually provided a workable uh, emulator. Cool. Except it did not run the translation. It would just have no text whatsoever. So, excellent. Yeah, the translation for some reason requires the turbo. I wasn't clear on why. And it does run the turbo. It just, for whatever reason, would not correctly run for whatever you know, reason. So now I'm trying to find different forks of the Millennium emulator that, because uh, it was open source, and I'm too, like, two layers deep on a Japanese-only site trying to find <laughs> this midpoint of not the original one, because that doesn't have save states, and not the most recent one, because that has compatibility issues. And so finally, it's not pretty, it's not great, but specifically, I think it was like a 2019 fork done by one Japanese dude, not the other Japanese dude. <laughs> it was a mess, but it worked. And at that point, it's like, good enough. We're starting Brain Breaker. Yeah. The number of individuals that forked this and did not work together to contribute back <laughs> surprisingly high. Yeah, to put it in perspective, this is a kind of emulator that has a version on the Game Boy Advance and one on the Dreamcast, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. It's just, it's there's not enough of a demand, and this is why games preservation matters. Gotta <laughs> play Brain Breaker. Or do you? <laughs> like, I also went through some of that. I, at one point, had an emulator that worked fine, except... And it was hunky-dory until I tried to restore one of my save states, and it would just crash. I was like, great, so now I don't actually have a game, or I don't actually have a save. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you'd, you would have to play it regular style, and we would still be playing this game if we were forced to play it regular style, in my opinion. But Oh that's yeah, this is a hard game. Burying the lead a little bit. So why don't we actually get into what the hell Brainbreaker is? Why 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 we're even talking about it? Yeah. Um so I mean Brainbreaker's plot is pretty simple in that it's basically just a text thing that shows up at the start. Oh, and that text thing is actually in English in pre-patch. Yeah, it didn't need to be translated. Uh, they could have had a, another pass at it. It is a little uh, English-y. It's not the worst, but yeah. The Your main goal in Highlight in Red says, find it out and be back. That's true. As part of your, you, you need to escape. But yeah, it's, I can actually, I can just read it for you. It's not that long. And it also is the good summary of the entire game. You have been shot down on a strange planet, which has been under the control of computers. And you have nothing but a transceiver that you can talk with the computer of your mothership, Zeppelin. You must find out the computer that controls the air defending system of this planet. Find it out and be back. Which is, yeah, that's kind of what you do. But while not a lot of things happen in this game, the things that do happen are kind of a lot. <laughs> yeah. From that, it plops you into... Like a city scene, you can punch and kick. It does nothing to the robots that you will soon encounter. Although they are also not hostile to you and well, you don't have a gun. Yep. But if you don't have a gun, you basically head left, run into a robot you can't pass. And one of your other verbs is ask, which as 
hinted at, I guess, by the uh, opening crawl. It's the transceiver you can talk to with your robot, and he'll spit out, you know, some analysis of what you're looking at, what you see around, as well as just it's also your talk to things in the world key. But that's the thing that's been translated. It's at the bottom of the screen. It's just a crawl of words, and that's the way you get your hints on how to, you know, proceed. Yeah, it was a little finicky like i think i was like one pixel away from the rifle and it was just telling me there's nothing larger than 10 centimeters here yeah i think so yeah if you head to the right you'll find your gun and there's nothing else past that so it has actually both lines cobbled together of don't keep heading right there's nothing there also there is gun pick pick up gun the gun by the way is a like one pixel wide line uh if you've played defender it's one of those lasers essentially, but locked to a dude on the ground in this side-scrolling search em up adventure game, I guess. This predates genre. It defies genre. So once you get the gun, the robots start trying to kill you, and essentially, like, drones come down from the sky, and I found not dying hard as balls. They will come from above, and they'll, like, either land in front of you or behind you. Uh, as you destroy robots, they'll leave little... uh you know, one unit high craters, which if you stand in them, like, will change your uh, firing height. Uh, it's how you can kind of dodge lasers, but also you gotta jump out eventually. Movement in this game is via the numpad. So, you know, eight directional movement, but it's like the, the threshold of moving pixels is so large that it's not an exact science or perhaps too exact. Yeah, and specifically to get out of the holes, you need a running start. Either that or you just hit one of the diagonal ups. You can yeah, usually I, jump out. I, for some reason, didn't think of actually using the diagonals for a long time. And maybe would have had a better time of it if I had. I was just pressing both buttons and getting kind of weird results. Yeah, the, the I guess the input polling is not the best either. And because there is some degree of momentum building, but the th uh, discrete units you move are so large... Uh, it's hard to get a feel for, are, am I actually moving or am I still stationary? Oh, they're finally, like, move across the threshold there. But yeah, the enemies never stop spawning. And you have a hit counter of how many you've destroyed. And that's kind of how you build lives if you want to just sit there and farm. But <laughs> because enemies also kind of move in from the left or right of the screen as you're moving. And you can't shoot while moving. You have to come to a complete stop. Oh, and also when you die and, and you're not using safe states, um, you it will bring you back to the last time you checkpointed, which you do by hitting F5. You do you do a lot with the function keys, actually. But yeah, for sometimes, and I never quite learned the pattern, the save thing will pop up and say, oh, you can set a checkpoint here. I have no idea what causes it. I kind of just thought it was amount of time since the last time you had checkpointed that's my know. best guess because it, it wasn't like an amount of things uh hit and it's a kind of a while like from the beginning of the game if you know what you're doing you can absolutely just rush into the robots and die before you get your first chance to save yeah i i relied entirely on on safe states same here but yeah i think the intention is that you will kill a lot of things in order to build up lives so you can continue to move forward this uh, checkpoint, as it were. But yeah, F F5 is your save. F1 is your talk. like, And space is fire. So you have to kind of claw the entire keyboard 
with your left hand. And then later you get rockets on X, which I kept throwing my gun uh, because throw your gun is Zed. Yeah, this is definitely prior to uh, WASD supremacy. Uh, like th- they were just kind of freestyling with what an input method could be. Yeah, man, Ishikawa, you you genius. I think I played I Wanna Be the Guy with like Z and X or X and C or something like that. That's actually like standard RPG maker controls is the uh, uh, cursor keys and ZX and C. Yeah. So that that actually is in a very niche way an established convention, but here I, I like using the function keys for like most of your main verbs outside of shoot is wild. Yeah. Anyway, you make your way into a, a building, you meet a computer named Lewis. You, yeah, for whatever reason this computer is named Lewis, who both gives you a weapon that can disable electronics and tries to kill you with an elevator. Yeah, uh, this is one of the ways you can actually get Dead Man Walking is that you can sh- uh, roll up to Lewis and use your main gun and blow him up before you get the Brain Breaker is what it's actually called, the the, mach- the gun that destroys electronics. Yeah, the titular gun, which I feel like, I mean, it is important, but I, for being the name of the game, was less important than I was expecting. It solves, like, the puzzle immediately following it, and that's about it, and then it doesn't matter for the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah, there's, like, two puzzles. I mean, it's a short game, but yeah, there's, like, two other things that you do with it, and then it's pretty irrelevant. I was confused as to why it doesn't work on the robots. Yeah, it it really only does those two things. It's not actually a thing you can use against the, the things flying at you, which are all canonically robots. It, it'd be nice if you could just disable them and then they wouldn't would stop spawning in the uh, enemy spawning zones. But alas. May no. Yeah. Lewis tells you about... Does he actually tell you about Ares? I don't actually remember which computer said which di- dialogue now. Yeah, there's one of the two. Uh, okay, no, no. Okay, so yeah. Lewis, all he says is, wow, we haven't had humans here in 120 years. You ask why. He says, it's unknown. No idea. We do have this cool weapon. And he doesn't want to give it to you. And then your dialogue as the main character, whose codename is Cheshire Cat, one word. Your your main character like, actually just threatens you or threatens Lewis with your gun. Just saying, hey, this is some sciencey techno babble plasma rifle you get my drift and then this is opening hatch but if you take it without disabling lewis when you try and take the elevator it just auto kills you just like mm, uh, we can't let you leave with that we are a weapons manufacturing and we have one directive yeah elevators are very lethal in this game kind of it they, they work like elevator action you just kind of like if you can wedge your way in there and just hit up and down it will take control of that but when you're in between things there's at least one elevator that if you push it to the top you will just explode oh yeah i forgot about that yeah yeah, yeah. uh was it crush you or um the what it shows is you just blow up yeah I, th- I think you just go up too high in the atmosphere or something i don't know it's it's so hard to tell because this game is actually littered with things that are just gonna kill you there's a hover bike that i never actually found but did in as part of the guide did uh list it as if you pick it if you try and ride it as soon as you get off you just die i think i hit that one and thought it was a mine and i was like wait is that like 
I keep randomly dying without a laser hitting me. Is that what I'm doing? And your computer, you can you can hit F1 and ask all you want. It's not going to tell you. Go back to start. Yeah, I feel like despite having the ask button, the computer doesn't actually have that much to say. Yeah, no, it will provide, th this is something that's way ahead of its time, flavor text on all the, the enemies you see. This is like Metroid Prime, eat your heart out. You, you, we got scanning in this game that'll tell you, oh man, this is a police bot that's used in some, some plan or oh man androids with equipped with science gun i never tried to use it while fighting enemies i was too busy dying i definitely thought the androids were statues for some reason the, the art is um of its time so yeah it's open to interpretation the gun is just a like two pixel high block of gray so you know but no if there's an enemy on screen it will basically from any distance it'll uh it'll print start printing out you know something to read but you can't really move your eyes down there because you're fighting for your life here but regardless back to what we've been doing because this is going to end up being just a walkthrough of the game because it's so short yeah uh, you get a jetpack you get a jetpack you get the brain breaker yeah. um the jetpack took me a while to figure out how to use properly in particular i guess because i wasn't using the diagonal keys i found it very hard to move up and left or right at the same time yeah it turns out there's a button for that and if you don't use the button you can't do that because as soon as you try and move left or right uh it's a t it's assuming that oh you've reached the height you want maybe the system has a multi-key limit because i feel like i also couldn't shoot and maintain movement yeah i, th I think there might be again just input polling for however this guy programmed it there's only so many keys you can press down hence the necessity really for one key that does two things but yeah there's also this kind of like vague height limit or amount of time you can stay in the air with the jetpack that's not really indicated well as well as momentum where you're, if you start falling and then hit up you need to combat gravity for a bunch of frames anyway this gets you to the hover tank in one of the buildings you need to disable its brain i guess we skipped over the id card yeah the id card is how you actually get to lewis in the first place so you get it from a vending machine nothing happens when you press on the vending machine the first time apparently you have to press it three times for me i was just like i i don't know if i've hit the point where i'm actually doing this right so i'm just gonna mash this and move one pixel every time uh -huh. so it didn't it i don't know that was not an issue you just you just happened to double hit it. I think I did the same thing, but it's because I was trying to figure out the thing next to the vending machine, which looked like a gun and it looked like a big gun, but it was <laughs> completely uninteractable. It's in a game like this where there's only so many things that aren't background. It seemed ludicrous that there'd just be this huge red herring. And this is also about the time when I looked up a guide. Yeah, and I think your computer is all your, like your ship is strangely silent about yeah you can't ask about it you can't pick it up you try and pick it up and you're just throwing your gun across this the uh, park it was baffling it was annoying and i was just like surely there's something to do with this and then like the first line of the guide i was using which again hardcore gaming 101 shout outs they're listed it specifically as one of the red herrings this game throws at you as being like unique for the time it's it will kill you it will mess with you there are just some dead ends and they wasted programming space on this. It's wild. But regardless, yeah, you get a, an ID card out of the only vending machine in the game. 
I think this is why my first note here is machines don't drink juice, exclamation point. (laughs) I took terrible notes. Oh, I didn't take any notes, so. Mm. Okay, well, that is what I assume I meant, because that implies humans were here at some point, but we don't know what happened to them yet. Yeah, uh, sorry, you were talking about the hover tank. Right, yeah, so first you use the brain breaker to get past a door, then use the brain breaker to stop this tank, this thing so that you can get it and ride but at first you have no idea what's what to do with it because it's just kind of locked in a building and it's too big to use an elevator turns out later like you have to keep going and use your own gun like you'll find the rocket launcher your secondary weapon and you can use that to blow up your first gun oh things happened very differently for me oh i so the tank is active and i evaded it rather than take it on with the brain breaker okay it warps on its own and it followed me oh good i didn't know it could do that so i actually i mean i did get to the part with like i got the the rockets and like the part where you can blow up your own gun to get through a path yeah there's like this little like uh tiny hole in the floor and again this is purely going off of the guide to tell me to do this is you you lay your first gun on it blow it up and then its explosion will destroy terrain cool you go down there and find the first computer that doesn't really tell you much other than the code to use the tank's warping mechanic yeah so i didn't have the tank at that point and it was just like control w and i was like control w control w this isn't doing anything i don't get it is this a thing that i have to do at a place yes apparently but the the computer there tells you that but then all of a sudden it gets hijacked by something calling itself aries and then the computer blows up and you can kind of continue on to the left and i think that's and to the left is where you get your next weapon which isn't so much a weapon so much as a tool to you know dig through walls and use that to get back to the hover tank with your new control w code and that lets you warp with the tank which is the most dangerous thing in the game (laughs) (laughs) yes if you teleport into a wall you will telefrag yourself you the warping is a set distance that is like off screen so you need to know exactly where you're going otherwise the once you're outside of the building the tank can fly which is excellent but when you're trying to get into a specific point you will if you're playing this legitimately, you'd burn so many lives just trying to get to where you need to go to like try and line it up and like gain some sort of intuition on what won't immediately kill you. And if you see something like I did, which was a computer that's kind of like locked in a room that you can't get to, I thought, oh, that's where I need to go. No, 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 no. All of that is also terrain and will kill you. You have to go somewhere else first. So I managed not to see that somehow. Yeah. Prior to also a dumb misadventure that I had because I hadn't commandeered the the hover tank. I actually blew it up. Oh, no. Dead man walking. Went and got the I don't remember what to call it that can destroy walls and started trying to dig my way back. Oh, no. You know, you need the hover tank. Yeah, which did not work. Also, if you have the hover tank, you can just go around that building. Yeah. The tank flies. The tank flies. And you. (laughs) I don't know. So, like, I ended up... You have very little to, like, point you in a direction. Like, again, like, without a guide, I don't know what this instruction booklet might have looked like. I don't know how much the one dude who made it will, like, provide for you for context, but it's absurd. But, yeah, I I had to restore to an old save state where the tank was still around once I looked up what to do. Yeah, I also... Oh. Yeah, I kept a cascading series of save states. I didn't really want to save over one just in case, because I knew 
you can irreversibly destroy their save file by doing the wrong thing. So avoided that at least. But anyway. With this warping, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to find a room in that same building where you found the computer, I believe. Yep. Um, there is a room that has some kind of balloon in it it's like a crystal balloon or something okay this is like obviously where he's he's just like writing a first draft story like making up on the fly because this is a psychic alien who when you free it and follow it up as it escapes it will give you psychokinesis it'll give you special powers because you just happen to be a dude what can do that yeah yeah your latent psychokinesis activated and then rather than kill you like it killed everybody in the city 120 years ago oh yeah by the oh man we haven't even found this uh computer that tells the story of that but anyway continue that turns you into a super saiyan yeah essentially you at this point you can no longer die well you can turn it off and die but you can turn it off again function four at this point turn off the the only thing that's good about you anymore there is no reason to turn it off it offers no benefits it's not like it locks you out of like asking your computer or anything it is pure upside don't turn it off why would you do there's no bonus ending for beating it without psycho powers you need the psycho powers to reach the ending there is only one but anyway equipped with this or if you just happen to go too far left with the tank there's one more computer that's optional who if you talk to it will tell you what happened 120 years ago back when humans were still here and it turns out it was a psychic storm a big thought i think is actually what it's called yeah. imagine a galaxy brain take so potent it literally destroys civilization i mean local civilization it's not like it destroyed actu the actual galaxy no but i mean planet-wide it's close enough like for us right now in 2023 when we're recording this, that would be all civilization as we know it. But I guess this is a bit different. But anyway, and it basically tells you, oh man, Ares was, I don't think even behind it. Like I think it, Ares is just like a bad computer that is just running the air defense system. Yeah, I think Ares is just an aggressive air defense that is yeah. doing what it was designed to do, which is keep intruders out. Or in, in this case, I guess. But also, like, Ares, when it hijacked the computer, like, definitely had, like, a malevolent, like, Arr, I, I'm the bad guy. I'm going to kill you. I don't know why he's a pirate, but... <laughs> I be having a pirate accent. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, and that's that's the backstory for this. And you're, your main character doesn't really care outside of, you know, I, I need to, I guess, destroy Ares to get off. But he's also making comments about, like, oh, man, this would be worth a fortune if I got it back to civilization. Like, oh, man. I had actually talked to that computer on both branches of my uh, save states. <laughs> there is a, a slight difference in the conversation if you've already got the psychic powers. Oh, yeah? It's really minor. It's just like, wow, great. Good that my latent psychic powers protected me or whatever. Boy, it sure is great that I carry this can of carousel reversal spray. Yeah. Not the best writing in the world. No. Yeah, after that, all there is to do is... To go back to that one big important building and kick your way into the main computer, which is yeah. Ares. Yeah, so this is annoying because while you have a gun, like the rocket launcher, you do fire out a psychic beam and that destroys walls, except for the walls immediately surrounding the computer. You need to unequip all of your weapons in order to use your melee, and that's the only thing that can actually dig your way through there. Yeah, the inexplicable yellow wall that 
apparently can be punched through but not hadoukened through this took me so long because it wasn't mentioned in the guide i was using i had to look up a playthrough of the japanese version and see what they did oh did you actually find a a playthrough i had a link to part one and two uh but part three and four were made private (laughs) i just found one that was just the ending so i'm not sure what your particular uh, adventure looked like but no i just i just kind of looked up a uh, i think it was just a long play or it it was clearly made by japanese dude so whomst could say but and then yeah you you blow it up there's no like boss there's no real boss encounters in this outside of maybe the tank which is just oh hit f3 and brain break it yeah i forgot to even hit ask i'm not sure like aries doesn't like talk to you again at least maybe if you ask he does maybe but it'd be very hard to get to the point where you could ask that isn't also just you kung fu fighting it to oblivion (laughs) it's it's not an exact science when you're kicking through walls here yeah yeah and then the ending is just you and your ship being like we're gonna make so much money yeah the hover tank alone with its schematics we somehow got off screen not mentioned that's gonna be at least a billion credits also my latent psychokinesis (laughs) anyway well yeah like became super saiyan seems like a bigger thing that will affect your life life from now on but going forward you are you are immune to conventional weapons as far as you're aware careful about psychic storms please don't think too hard and blow up a planet but yeah yeah and then that's it it that that's the whole game if you if you know what you're doing and use save states effectively this is like an hour tops uh yeah it definitely took me longer than that oh yeah especially when i was still trying to do it legitimately you can't see it but i did air quotes yeah 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 i don't know it it's It's, a strange game it's a strange game it's not fun to play it feels like when you're moving around like inevitably we're going to compare this to xanadu (laughs) yeah it's around the same time it's also bad in a very unique specifically 1985 japanese home computer way that one moved a bit better but also had the weird choppiness to it there are certainly more mechanics to xanadu than this one but this one just kind of felt like they were just like freestyling at every point it really felt less like a, a metroidvania and more of a, an, an adventure game yeah like a like a proto king's quest more than a proto metroid i suppose you're platforming so and shooting so there's that but that's really secondary to find the right item and don't do the wrong thing to the right item. Yeah. And using absolute moon logic to, oh, I need to, this. there's this blue alien I can kill, but that does nothing. I clearly need to blow up the wall so that eventually its random movement patterns get it freed so it can give me psychic powers. Yeah, I mean... Like, the the computer says something about how it's peaceful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, but once you free it, you also have to chase after it. Yeah, and you can, like, your rockets will home in on it. So you have to be very careful with enemies. Yeah, because there are still enemies trying to get into this room as well. And yeah. if you have only, like, a one tile wide, like, part of the wall that you're in and trying to break out, those rockets will go through that and kill you. Oh, yeah, that. That was also fun. Yeah, there's a bit of a uh, hit detection. Just like, hmm, how does this work? Uh, but yeah, it it's just like clearly designed in a linear fashion of just like, okay, and now here's the next bit. And then just do all of that. It's I, I know it's very hard to make games in 1985. Not that I could even do that at this point. Could have used an editing pass, but certainly unique experience. The music was um, also in quotations. Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, there was one thing. There was a sting that I thought was happening. At first, I thought it was happening when I was doing something significant. I was like, ooh. Then I realized it's actually just part of the music. Yeah, no, this is like not even bleeps and bloops so much as just like uh, tones and that it vaguely resembles music, but it also has no real like progression. And that's why like uh, this random bit will feel like a sting, like you did something, but you're just ascribing meaning to something that absolutely is just random. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) Man. (sighs) Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It was an experience. (laughs) absolutely and like again like this is something that's i'm glad i that was available to me it's more or less it's for the story of having played it more than anything i could possibly recommend to a human being no matter how broken their brain is (laughs) yeah but no like uh it's it's interesting to see like yeah there are there's progression of items like you need to find the thing that blows up the or the robots first, even the jetpack for movement, the teleportating, teleportating, what the teleporting <laughs> tank? Yeah, Cle- yeah. Clearly, this this game has an effect on me. No one can know what it could be. Uh, <laughs> and it, unlike Xanadu, this game is absolutely finishable if you know what you're doing. Unlike that game, which is even if you have an absolute guide, the amount of time it takes to just do the thing is just to brain numbing i don't know it's uh it's a game that if you can find that obscure playthrough on youtube do that instead unless you really <laughs> want to get your hands on something that's unique but absolutely abrasive yeah oh. that's fair i don't know but how, how are you feeling having played the game i mean you're not wrong about anything i definitely would not have played it if it wasn't recommended by people like it's not even recommended by people it's just people who say like oh hey this is like an er example of the like metroidvania kind of formula of hey you're gaining like traversal capabilities yeah yeah if you squint you can see it absolutely but uh, like you can also see a lot of other things and that's this this was contemporary with the original metroid right this one is 85 same year as xanadu okay and then, um, so yes immediately before metroid yeah yeah and yeah it, it looks like it has the aesthetic trappings of a metroidvania and lest we forget flavor text and scanning so if the, if those are important to you if you come from the prime school of thought yeah no <laughs> absolutely but yeah. i think we should probably uh, get to the real meat of this is comparing it to Xanadu in our <laughs> stack rank. Because let's be honest, that's where it's I don't, going. I don't mean I don't mean to be. Yeah, I don't want to make any assumptions. But we both we both played the game, right? Quick other uh, games to mention in 1985. Oh, yeah. I don't think I did this for Xanadu. I don't think I was doing it yet at that point. Sure. So we've got there is a Golden Joystick Awards. So we've got Game of the Year, Way of the Exploding Fist. <laughs> based on name alone i assume i i don't know best original game of the year i don't know what that means okay little computer people (laughs) what is that a proto lemmings i honestly have not looked up the names of these games yeah clearly like yeah these are games that just have not also stood the test of time clearly yeah adventure game of the year red moon never heard of that strategy game of the year theater europe oh that's got that's got to be a dad game all numbers <laughs> oh man and european <laughs> yeah and arcade style game of the year commando yeah i think this is uh the golden 
joystick is is this british um yes oh okay it, it was originally voted for by the british general public okay and i imagine that's they have like a bunch of those would be like amiga only games or just flash in the pan arcades yeah um honorable mention for things that we might have actually heard of spy versus spy okay i i don't know if that's actually the same as the cartoon i mean i assume it's a licensed thing like there it has to be right i don't know but like no, 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 I don't, I don't know, but enough about Spy versus Spy actually, only by cultural osmosis. So I don't yeah. even know when it started. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm old, but not that old. Yeah, it seems like it is. There's also one called Elite. I don't know if that's somehow related to Elite Dangerous. Yeah, I, I feel like Elite Dangerous was a remake slash spiritual successor type thing. I never played it, but that's kind of like the discussion around it. Sort of felt like. So yeah, I, I'm going to assume it's a space sim. It, yeah, it's a space trading sim. Oh, yeah. I- influencing Wing Commander, etc., etc. That that one had, has a bit of a shadow. Yeah. I I'd never heard of it until Elite Dangerous is the thing, and then heard tell of a, a game called Elite, so I assume this is it. Also, there's a game called Board of the Rings. I assume that's a parody. I assume that's like a, a someone having a, having a larf, having a giggle. As they say in Britannia. It's a text adventure inspired by but not based on the Board of the Rings novel. They made novels also parodying Lord of the Rings? Or is this like an like somehow actually separate? Yeah, there's a uh, Harvard Lampoon uh, okay. Board of the Rings. Yeah, that, that's Mad Magazine levels of, uh, of uh, satire. Speaking of Spy versus Spy. Yeah, Harvard Lampoon had people who eventually formed National Lampoon, so you're not wrong about the Mad Magazine comparison. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. Learning our history, it's all connected, man. (laughs) Ain't nothing new under the sun. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the NES was also out in 1985. Of course. Apparently nobody in Britain cared about it. Maybe it wasn't released yet in, in Britain. Maybe, or like, yeah, like maybe it was in the... North America, but I don't know. Did they have like a PAL version of NES back then? I have no idea. They probably eventually, but yeah, like Super Mario Bros. was out in my, like I have a list of some Japanese games of high selling Japanese games included Super Mario Bros. Naturally. Kiniku Man Muscle Tag Match. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a longstanding, I think, manga series. Yeah, a franchise I did not realize was that old. <laughs> it's it's wild. Our, our awareness of Japanese media is a lot younger than we are. Yep. Xevious and Oh yeah. Load Runner. Load Runner is like a platformy puzzle game, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Not not something I played, but you know, you, you try and ma- maintain some awareness. But okay. This game came into that, programmed by one dude basically out of high school. Brainbreaker has ambitions, I will say. But definitely feels the story feels like several disjointed paragraphs in different journals that he just kind of threw together. But uh, the translation is good. I feel it's the what was what was written in the first place is certainly unique, and I I mean that pejoratively. Comparing it to Xanadu, I mean it's been a while since I played Xanadu. Uh huh. I, I don't want to influence you here, so t- think it through. Think it through. But. I I will say, I feel like Xanadu was more approachable in that. Yes. Yes. It, as as an RPG, it was also a bit of a slog, right? Absolutely. And we abandoned it because we saw all of the the cards it had fairly early on. Yeah. Uh 
even cheating my way to maximum levels could not really speed up the process of getting to credits. Yeah, but I, I don't know. In, in some ways, I think Xanadu was more fun game to play. See, now this is where I might differ. Because the thing is, we beat this game. It's this game true. is actually beatable. It doesn't, um, well... It does outstay its welcome, but not by such a an egregious degree. And the thing is, I like Xanadu more because it's worse. <laughs> the things that I like about Xanadu, okay? The things that like make me keep thinking about Xanadu and think like, man, I smile even as it hurts. Or it had a lot more to it that was just mean. Just a punch in the face. Like, remember Karma? Yeah. Do you remember how it cost money to save instead of just being in this one just occasionally you can save? Yeah. For free? Even if this game does destroy you, it's not that long to get back to where you were. Both games also had ways in which you can teleport yourself into an unwinnable state. Brain Breaker <laughs> at least gives you the charity of actually killing you instead of Xanadu, which is, you're just in a wall now dude sorry autosave yeah and to be fair xanadu also had some unwinnable states that you could just get in by accident like oh yeah enemies would stop spawning and so you wouldn't be able to get experience or enough karma back to be mm -hmm. able to progress yep and in a much Absolutely. longer game that's a bit of much bigger problem or just like oh you go through the point at which you need to do this war puzzle which again like hey at the very least brain breaker doesn't warp you without your consent and you can get into that point where all that's there is the door to the next level. If you're not a high enough level, you can't use it. If you don't have the items to warp yourself back, that's it. You're done. <laughs> it also just is so long and every room is the same. It's I need Xanadu to still remain on the bottom because it's still the one that I can point to and say, oh, that one? That one is the most unlike the top of the list. <laughs> I, I need this this list that we were creating it to be like, it's like a bell curve, right? And either side are the most interesting games. And I think Brain Breaker rates. There's certainly some things to talk about, like what were they thinking? Using the function keys for your main actions. Everything they did for input before that was codified. Yeah. I kind of wonder, that kind of thing, is that just like a norm for the system that we're just not familiar with? Yeah, like, well, we've, yeah, we've only played one game for the Sharp X1. Clearly we need to do more research, but uh, in, in my heart of hearts... I, th I think it. I think Xanadu is still the one, still the one uh, that I, it has the most to talk about, and for that reason alone, is worse and therefore better in this inverted scale I have going. I'm now coming at this list from outside in. Yeah, I mean, I I had played a little less of Xanadu than you when I abandoned okay. it. I hadn't stabbed myself in the foot as much. No, fair. So maybe I just have slightly rosier glasses about it. Sure, and it is your list, and I'm not I'm not trying to convince you. I'm mostly trying to convince myself and also explain why I'm I'm doing this thing where I'm I think I agree that Xanadu is the better game. I think it's also better for being worse. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go ahead and put it put Brand Breaker at the bottom under Xanadu. Excellent. If I had to revisit either of them, I feel like Xanadu had more for me to chew on and Brain Breaker, now that I've played it once, <laughs> there's no reason there, there's nothing else there except maybe some things you could have asked about. Yeah. Hell yeah. Which this isn't a replayability list, so maybe that's a weird view to have on. It. it's a metric it's it's a, a thing you can involve in your calculus because it's like any reason replayability is a reason a game can be better than another all th other things being equal but don't really have much of a segue speaking of very old computers and what might happen to old metal 
I think for our next game is actually going to be a new game with an old, a title that evokes uh, ancient things. It's going to be Rusted Moss. Rusted Moss. Yeah, this is an indie title released, I think, in April of current year. It <laughs> is, involves physics-based tether grappling hook, which is basically all I needed to know. Hmm. Hmm. The... Grappling hook is the thing that I liked least in ESA, so we'll see. Well, this isn't your turn to pick, now is it, Tom? <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I'm not saying don't pick it. Oh, and you could say that, and I would like you to see you try and stop me. That would be a hell of a thing to have, that level of uh, conflict. But no, I think, hopefully, given what you've just said now, we might have wildly differing opinions on it instead of just always being like, yeah, no, nah, dude, bad game, bad game. <laughs> and, and just quibbling over which one's worse from 1985. Oh, yes, because our, our lists don't diverge at literally the first and second entry. That's, that is true, but you know, they generally stay in the same general area of good versus bad so we'll see that's fair but regardless that's gonna do it for us here you know if you'd like to contact us for any reason our email is invertedcastlepodcast at gmail.com uh we're on twitter at invertedcastlep never forget the p also a bunch of episodes have been posted on youtube yeah. comment there leave a review i guess if that's still a thing on apple Podcasts, spotify goodreads rate my professor you know <laughs> anywhere and with that yeah any closing thoughts there's nothing larger than 10 centimeters in this direction that happens to lots of guys <laughs> Thank you.